Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Joe Cook. Today I'm joined by Justin Wells. It's another edition of Questions Answered, probably the best show on this channel. But if you're on this channel, head to InsideTexas.com, use the promo code OTFIT23. Check us out, all the inside information you could ever want about the Longhorns. Number four Longhorns is right there. So, Justin, it's uh, we're diving into week three. We're almost a quarter of the way through the season. You ready to uh, jump quickly into some of the pressing topics surrounding the Longhorn football program? It's questions answered. We've got people that are dying for answered questions. Let's rock. All right, we'll start off the top. We, uh, I know this channel has discussed a lot about the Longhorns' 34-24 win over Alabama, so I'll go a little bit big picture here. Texas is number four in the country in the AP poll. Do you think they deserve that ranking? And I've got, got the numbers for you. Georgia one, Michigan two, Florida State three, Texas four, um, USC five, Ohio State six, Penn State seven, Washington eight, and I think Notre Dame is nine, and I don't think we need to go any further than that. So do you think number four is a, is a fair estimation? I think it's a little early. I really do. I get it. You go in Tuscaloosa and do what you do, you're going to jump into that, into that top five. It, it, it's just because most people don't do that or have seen that in the last 15 years. But, man, it's so early. I'm an anti-preseason ranking guy. Because nobody knows. And there's always somebody in the top 10 that winds up not even finishing rank. So I think they're in the top 10, top five potentially, especially how we saw them play on Saturday. But I still think it's early. I still think this is a, a this is a team that's still finding itself. There's a lot of maturity. There's a lot of experience and a lot of talent. But Saturday against Wyoming, let's see, let's see a move past Bama. Let's see how they react. And so I think that's probably fair but I still think it's too early. You know, I would probably – I'd probably go six. And I think that's where the coaches poll has them. Georgia, Michigan, and now looking at this point, Florida State probably has the only other impressive non-conference win yeah. um, in, in college football right now. So just kind of thinking about the others, USC, I mean, I know that their defense still is a question, but it's tough not to think that they're a top-five team. And Ohio State – they have questions, but they have Ohio State questions, and uh, those are different, and Marvin Harrison Jr., no matter who's at quarterback, can answer a lot of them. So I don't think four is like just this egregious wrong right. thing, but I could see anything between four and six making sense, but the voters who see first win in Tuscaloosa for a non-conference opponent since 2007, who see all the streaks broken, who see the way Texas won just playing you know, good football across – uh, phases, positions, and playing better football than Alabama, I can see why they watch that game and think that is a team that can beat 129, 128 others in the country. So it makes sense. Going the other direction, what's been the tastiest bit of rat poison that you've seen over the past week for the Longhorns? You know, I'm, I'm glad. It's funny you asked that because I just saw something from Pat McAfee's interview with Nick Saban today. I don't know if you caught that yet. Um, Saban was giving Sark his flowers. Saban's like, guys, I've been trying to tell y'all, Steve Sarkeesian is one of the best coaches in the country. Best play, one of the best play callers. And then McAfee kind of doubled down with, you know, there's, there's, you have another team now at def a defensive line that can compete with the Alabamas and the Georgias. That's rat poison. 
Alabama's and the Georgias have titles. They have rings. They got hardware from this last four, five, six, seven years and beyond. Texas doesn't. That, to me, is a heaping dose of rat poison. The anti-rat poisoner, Nick Saban, is already putting the traps in the garage. You know, it reminds me of the time we had a rat in our garage, and I put out some, I put out some, some poison, and I put the, I didn't put it all out, just a little, and I put the box at the top, just so you know it was kind of stored, sun couldn't get to it, you know what I mean? Came back three days later, the rat ate the poison on the ground, climbed up, and ate the damn box of poison, and was fine. Needless to say, I never saw that rat again. But if it was a rat, but needless to say, Nick Saban was giving a douse of it. What do you think? Yeah, needless to say, I don't know if I'm moving to Tyler if that's what you've got to deal with. <laughs> um, I'm going to go a little bit different direction. It's not the heaping helping uh, that is going to be what gets into Texas' head. It's just the spread out volume. I, I have a uh, rotation of about probably three or four college football podcasts. Um, obviously I pay attention to sports center and things like that and try to keep up with what the major outlets are covering. It was all Texas. Everybody led off with Texas, which means whether you go to on three inside Texas already has everything covered on three lead story, Texas, Texas, Texas. I'm sure it was like that on all the other sites. It was like yeah. that on ESPN on Saturday night, every other outlet, be it newspaper, things like that. Uh, places you should go second or third after inside Texas, we know they were talking about the horns. And that's, I guess, the the tasty bit that everybody is talking about Texas, which leads me to my next question. You saw the tweet from Jalen Ford, uh, I think on Monday, maybe even Sunday, um, talking about the rat poison. Uh, Steve Starkeesian revealed on Thursday that Quinn Ewers asked, kind of representing the leadership committee, if they could have a players only meeting on Tuesday uh, to keep everybody focused. How encouraging is that? If you're a Texas fan, how encouraging is it that your team leaders are able to, unlike whatever rat was in your garage, recognize all that stuff and stay away from it. It's not only impressive, that's culture. That's everything that Sark preaches. That's why he recruits a certain player with a certain physical attribute and a certain emotional and mental evaluation. I think that's that that goes with the culture. Your, your best teams in college football are player-led in every sport, not just college football, in every sport. Quinn Ewers has never been a vocal guy until this year. That That's something he tr- you know worked on. That's something he's, he's tried to pride himself in. He's an introvert, Joe. We've known this kid for years. He doesn't say a whole lot to anybody. Now he's having to kind of bring up the bass in his voice. Him and Jalen Ford, that's showing you the leadership that's in within this locker room. Because I promise you, there were some players, I think the first Monday or Tuesday practice didn't go as well. And there were some players in there that needed to be reminded. The fact that Quinn and Jalen are being proactive, that's the way you coach. That's called development. That's called culture. And that's what you try to build in your program. Yeah, I agree. And and, and for, for Jalen Ford to put that out on, on social media where all that rat poison's at, just to kind of push back against it, to show against yeah. it. You know he said that publicly. You know he's saying that just as loudly, if not louder, privately. And it's it's great that that Quinn Ewers is the one doing that. Like you mentioned, he's an introvert. He was not a guy who you know shows fire like he did at Tuscaloosa 
on Saturday. That wasn't him at Southlake. Definitely wasn't him at Ohio State when you had C.J. Stroud and those guys in the room. And it wasn't him last year when he's still trying to figure out college football. Now he's doing that. He's being able to lead. He's being able to show by example. And he's it's a lot easier for him to do that when he's coming off literally the best performance of his career. Going to switch it up just a little bit, talk a little about recruiting like we always do on this show. Wyoming, definitely a a good amount of visitors coming into town. The most notable one, at least that we know for sure is coming in, is Ryan Wingo from St. Louis, Missouri. Goes to St. Louis University High up there. Uh, on three industry ranking five star, I believe, has teams like Missouri, has Tennessee, and has Texas after him. How important is this visit for the Longhorns and just from the all aspects on this recruitment? One that we're not exactly sure at this point when it will end. This is the this is the weekend for coffee. This is the weekend to close. Listen, you've been building. You've been talking about the future. You've been showing him the trajectory and the vision. You come off a huge win that him and his family sat and watched every snap of. Now you get to get in front of him. Now you have to close. This is when the big-time recruiters go in. And If this was Mac Brown, people would have already been predicting a commitment this weekend. And Sark's trying to climb into that upper echelon of recruiters. And, and he's done so good in the last couple of cycles, especially at Texas with top three and top five classes. This is how you close. If you're Chris Jackson, time to close shop. Time, time to get this kid in the mix because he maintains he's going to go till December. Joe, this kid ain't going to December. Yeah, this is this is a big one because this is a position where Steve Sarkeesian likes to stack talent. Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. There may be some uh, NFL draft uh, departures after this season. And while Texas may always be pretty active in the portal at this position because it's got a great sell. I mean, you've already got A.D. Mitchell with – three touchdowns through two games. Um, you've got guys like Jonte Cook, who you saw. That was so Given cool. his little airplane wings when Xavier were. That's that's early in the game. That's at an early juncture. And there's Jonte Cook making the cut on his route that brought down that boundary the safety, safety yep. put Xavier Worthy one-on-one on Caleb Downs and gave him the opportunity to run by him. There's a lot of evidence that you can play early if you're a wide receiver and you're a talented one at Texas. And this is a big one. Uh, and Ryan Wingo would be a, a huge one as well. He probably fits into that boundary role, maybe a bit more than than any of the other roles. Maybe maybe he could end up at slot. But a guy who is just big enough body, just thick enough to probably be boundary, but still has the speed, physicality, hands, agility to be um, uh, elsewhere. Um, the other thing that's that's very peculiar about this recruitment, you look at Tennessee and that's a very different style of offense. Yes. Uh, you know, Josh Heupel runs kind of a Bryles adjacent offense, and he runs it. Uh, it's similar had their, to what he played with under Leach at OU. Right, and he's, uh, you know, he kind of runs the show there. It's institutional now because they just lost their offensive coordinator to a head coaching job at US, USF. They're very good at the NIL game. Texas, of course, is very good at the NIL game. But Missouri – I think there's a state law that says if you're a high school recruit that has signed at least a financial aid agreement. So there's the letter of intent, which is even in the age of the portal, pretty binding. Yeah. And there's the non-binding financial aid agreement. Basically, It binds the school to the player, not the player to the school. Right. And if you sign that, at least within the state of Missouri, which St. Louis is, West St. Louis, not East St. Louis, at least when you're there, you can start – 
making money off your name, image, and likeness. And not to say that that's the Wingo's primary, you know, thing in this recruitment, but you can't ignore that. You can't ignore the fact that he, a five-star, maybe one of the best, if not the best player in Missouri, kind of like someone like Luther Burden, who's on the Tigers roster right now, that type of player could start making money already based off his name, image, and likeness. That's definitely a factor, but Elijah Drinkwitz has to put together a program that's kind of worthy of someone like that. Texas has a chance against Wyoming and this weekend on this visit to continue to build on a very strong relationship. And like you said, maybe there'll be some, some coffee served. It'll be a 7 PM game, but you know, I don't know if decaf coffee is for closers. We'll see. And what he, still, being- he still has a visit to Tennessee scheduled for the 30th. He's undecided if he's going to make that, but it's still scheduled. So that's something of note. I think it's a Texas Missouri battle. I think most people have kind of left it to that right now, but like you said, caffeinated decaf it don't matter it's time to close this weekend this is the time they have the momentum they got all the mojo let's see it more visitors will be known uh as the week goes on check out inside texas we have a full comprehensive visitors list but let's switch it back to the team side of things and i'm gonna be real simple with this one justin if quinn keeps playing like that he's going to new york in december isn't he you know, uh, if, if for people at Inside Texas, I'm not sure if y'all remember our uh, preseason roundtable. Uh, you put it together. It was beautiful. Formatted just perfectly. They asked for a Heisman winner. I think I was the only person that put Quinn Ewers is going to win the Heisman this year. Every And, of course, we did that not knowing what was going to happen at Alabama. He just has all the toys. He has all the talent. And he's got the play caller to do it. I'm not going to be surprised at all. The only thing I think might hurt him is his Heisman moment may have been a little too early. But that's the thing about beating Bama in Bama the way they did and into the method they did. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Because that's a memory that will be sustained through December. You just have to hope that other guys, a Caleb Williams, a Michael Penix, a Shadur Sanders, who's definitely going to be in the mix, you kind of got to see where they are going into it. But Quinn Ewers had his Heisman moment last weekend. I just hope it wasn't too soon. He's going to be in New York. I'm not sure if he's going to ho- hoist it, but he'll be in New York. Yeah, I get what you mean by that, and I, I agree completely. But if Texas – if he plays like that, that's going to yeah. be his moment. And then there's going to be him at this point, if he plays like that, him holding up the Big 12 championship trophy. And that'll be the other Heisman moment that yeah. uh, not even just the Quinn Ewers aspect of it, that it was Quinn Ewers at Texas. Yeah. Um, we got a long way to go until then, but if he plays near that level and is converting, you know, not even three of four deep shots, let's say he hits, you could even hit two of five. They're deep shots they are difficult. That's why they're such high risk reward. Right. If you hit two of five of those, boom, that's two possessions right there that either, you end in the end zone right there, or you got 15 yards and you're going to get at least three. And you would think that Texas run game against Wyoming and the rest of the Big 12 could 
get the 15 or fewer yards needed to make it to the end zone. So those deep shots are going to be key. That's all we're going to say about deep shots, which is a little bit surprising. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go on to the defensive side of the ball. Is this D-line better than you expected, especially after losing guys like Keandre Coburn and Moro Ojimo, and to be honest, Ovia Gofo to the portal? Is this D-line from edge to edge and two defensive tackle spots in in between better than you expected so far? If you count the edge, yes. Now, the interior D-line, no. You're not surprised, and neither am I. These guys are dudes. Devondre Sweat should be playing on Sundays. Byron Murphy is literally a canine. It's in his DNA. I'm not surprised at all with the interior. Alfred Collins' ascension, a little surprising. Vernon Broughton's ascension, a little surprising. You're seeing the development there, but if you're adding the edges, that's a different ballgame. I did not see Ethan Burke. We knew something had to come from those outside. We knew somehow somebody had to bend the edge and get to the quarterback. Ethan Burke was going to put them in that position. He did that. Anthony Hill, to me, is probably the biggest difference maker. We're talking about a wheel linebacker, but in 22 snaps, I think he took 12 on the edge. That's a different – to me, that's the differentiator. That's why I was not expecting that. Not in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, you and I, we we talk about this a lot, just you and I texting together. We usually have an idea of when we should get ready for so-and-so being player of the week, offensive, defensive, that type of thing. And you and I – we were anticipating Anthony Hill being the newcomer of the week. Now, of course, it went to A.D. Mitchell and well-deserved when you have two touchdown catches versus Alabama. You're uh, jamming along the Dixieland delight on the sideline. But you you and I thought that that might have gone to Hill, especially when it has those pivotal performances at the very end of the game when Texas needed it most. I'm with you, and I, I can't say anything in addition to what you said other than I think Vernon Broughton needs to be highlighted. That's someone Is it Broughton or Broughton? Because Broughton. I've heard Craig Way saying Broughton, and I've heard other announcers saying Broughton, and I've heard others Ooh. this week changing it. So I thought I knew. <laughs> I thought Hard. we knew the whole time. Who am I to tell Craig Way that he's wrong, and I, I am not How, we, how have we gotten that wrong for so long? And maybe we're not. Maybe, maybe there was just a mispronunciation or something. I'm not going to say Craig did that. But we also heard other announcers as well. But, guys, that's a question we should have been talking about. We've been saying this Joker's name wrong for four years. Broughton, Broughton, whatever it is. That's whatever he did, he brought the goods. He was not someone Texas was really willing to play on <sighs> running downs last year just because he's got a great build, great upper body, but he couldn't anchor. And not to say that these guys are weak in the legs because they're they're not weak he in the legs. development. But he needed development, and he needed to be able to be a guy that Bo Davis, Pete Kwiatkowski, and everybody trusted to play on first down when they're running duo or to play on second down when there's an RPO and the money the read. He's been able to do that, and because of that, you know, we talked so much about last year. You had the rotation, Ojimo, Coburn, Murphy, Sweat. Those guys played about half a game. Yeah, if that. If that, and that allowed them all to go full bore. And that's why Texas won at Kansas state because Keandre Coburn was fresh enough to make that sack of Adrian Martinez guys like Broughton and Collins. And you throw in the additional guys like Trill Carter, Sadir Mitchell for the handful he gets maybe even Aaron Bryant every now and then. But the fact that you have sweat Murphy Collins Broughton and I'll throw in Carter. So you have that five to keep everybody fresh. That is huge. And I think a lot of credit goes to, Broughton Broughton himself 
for being able to enter that mix and provide play that makes Texas defensive line real tough. So on top of everything you said, I had to give Broughton. I'm going to call him Burn. I was going to say, hey, Burn. I was going to call him Burn. Old people will get that joke. Oh, man. All right. There's always room for improvement every week, every team, every area. But what's one area of the UT defense you want to see take a step this week? Boy, we got to be picky. Yeah. (laughs) Because I was going to say linebacker play, and then I remembered David Benda playing really well. And Jalen Ford doing what Jalen Ford does. Um you know what they have to do? If there's an if there's an improvement, how about just be consistent? How about do the same thing every Saturday? We've seen it a few times already. To me, that's going to be the improvement. It's not being complacent. It's not being content. The improvement's going to come from the mentality that, hey, we played great here, but we got another game next week. And then we got another game after that. So maybe it's a mental thing because if we would really be nitpicking if we're going to start looking at improvements, unless you've got something specific. There, I'm thinking about safety a little okay. bit, and I know, and I think Jaron Thompson deserves a ton of credit for getting burned, which he did, by a very good receiver core. Not a great receiver core like Bama's had in the past, but a very good receiving core. And then coming back a series or two later and making a huge game-changing play where when the game was still in question. Yes. But I'd like to see a little bit more consistency from Jaron Thompson um, I don't think that's anything too much to, to ask, and I think he would tell you the same thing. And I'd like to see uh, uh, Jalen Catalan on the field more. I, I know that they're trying to save him for Big 12 play, and I think he was even Texas' leading tackler. He was, with seven. And, but he, I only still played, think, and he played less snaps than Keaton Crawford. And I, But I still think that they're being cautious with him, and, and right. I get yeah. that. You, you have to go through Baylor, Kansas, Oklahoma – all those teams, and then you start with U of H and the rest of your slate. But I think at a certain point, football is football, and they probably have more information than I do on what's going on with Jalen, how to handle him right. But that was supposed to be a difference-making transfer who's made a difference, but I think he has opportunity for more. Yeah. The rest of it, Jaron, he's, he's just got to stay consistent. Big plays happen when you're playing Alabama – we know Kobe Prentice, who I think is either it was either Prentice or Jermaine Burton Jermaine who got Burton. past him. Um, we know Jalen Milrow can make those throws. He's been making those throws since he was at Tompkins. It's tough, but hearing the bounce back, that was huge. And then, like you said, Keaton Crawford, he played like he normally plays. Sometimes he misses an assignment, but when he sees his assignment, man, he runs faster than everybody to that place. And that's why he got some praise from on three and the senior bowl and Jim Nagy this past week. I think defensively safety play because everything else did pretty darn good. It's hard for me to complain yeah. about. I didn't want to nitpick, spot. but you made a good point. You made a great point. And, and the thing with Crawford, people have to understand real quick and we'll go to the next one. He's a bull. When he sees red, that's it. He goes. Yeah. And so that that's all he knows. And I, I think the more he plays, the more he gets in there, the less his head will swim and the more he can be more active rather than react. I'm with you, but his special teams deserve praise, and I'm glad he got it. Let's switch the question. What's an area on offense that you'd like to see shored up? And I think I've got, I think I've got the the answer because I can't think of anything else after watching that Bama game. Well, the interior O line looks like it got fixed. Uh, Rice gave them some trouble, but Bama didn't. So I don't know what that's all about. I, you know, I'm nitpicking again, but I, 
They finished off a seven and a half minute game with a rushing with a running drive, and I'm going to say I'd like to see more consistency at running back. I'm going to say that I, I'm going to you know C.J. Baxter has shown glimpses, but he's also been dinged up twice. That's a little concerning to me. Uh, Jonathan Brooks is so patient. Scoot, 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 go. Like he he's got it. Jaden Blue's got some burst. Keelan Robinson's like a rocket. I want to see more from the running game. I want to see a little. I, I did it in our roundtable, which will be posted on Friday. And it basically says, you know, you talked about the running backs. And I'm like, I want to see all of them have kind of the same amount of carries. Because I want to see what each one of them adds and which each one of them does. And this, again, I, I preface that by saying I saw Texas run the ball down Alabama's throat in the final seven and a half minutes. That does that's rare that that happens, but I'm I'm picking nits. I'm I'm looking. If I'm looking, I want I want a more consistent running game. My one nitpick gonna be wide receiver perimeter blocking. Uh, and I'm gonna include Jatavian Sanders in there. There have just been some bad whiffs. There have been good plays, but there have been some bad whiffs. And uh sometimes that's gonna come back to bite them. It hadn't mm-hmm. yet, but there's been enough instances where anybody on the field who's a pass catcher wears receiver gloves. They got to block a little bit better. So, all right, we're going to get to picks right now. Justin, you and I are both one and one. We both picked Texas to cover last yeah. week. They did that and more, right. obviously. We, what we were talking about. Yeah. We picked Texas to cover against Rice. They obviously didn't do that. The line last I saw is 29 is in it favor 29? of the Longhorns. Okay. What do you think? I know this. I I don't think I don't think Texas covers that twenty nine. I think Wyoming is really solid on defense. Like it's not going to be that high scoring simply because of their style, offense and defense, but especially defense with Craig Bowles. But the forty eight five over under, I'm taking the over on that one. I, I because that's literally a twenty four to twenty three game essentially. Like I I think it's going to be more than that. But I don't think Texas covers the 29 only because I think Wyoming's got a lot of confidence. They've, they've got two early wins. They've looked good. If there's one apprehension I have about them, it's that they are a completely different team on the road than they are at home. It, it's kind of it's a it's a large contrast. They haven't been on the road since last year. So that's an indicator as well. But where are you going? Do you remember the West Virginia game last year? It ended up 32, or excuse me, 38 to 20. And entering the fourth quarter, it was 35 to 7, Texas. And West Virginia made it 13 3 in that quarter. So it ended 38 20. But even though it was an 18 point game, it was never close. JT Daniels couldn't get going. I think Bijan yeah. Robinson may have had a long run. Uh, Jatavian Sanders, I think, had two touchdowns. I think it's going to be a real similar game. I think Texas yeah. is going to enter the third quarter with a an easy lead. Backups got in during that game. I bet something similar happens in this game to where the scoreboard may not be a cover. It may not look super awesome, like an 18-point win over Wyoming. Right. that will have people freak out. But watching that game, you knew Texas was winning the whole time, and I think you're going to see something similar from this team this year. So, all right. You got them covered or not? Co- you, you, not, not covering, covering. not covering. Yeah. What so about the over under? They're not going to hit 29. Uh, what'd you say it was? 48 I think they go over. 49. 49. 49 and a half, I think. Or 48 and a half, maybe. 
I'll go over. I'll go over on both of those. Yeah. I think that's uh we're gonna have to change it up at some point. No, we're gonna change it up. Because we'll it's hard it we, when we agree on them, but then again, we like to be right. We'll figure it out. Once we start getting into conference play, there are gonna be some some numbers with the hooks that'll make it. Oh, yeah. So thank you so much for watching another edition of Questions Answered. Hopefully, this gets you primed up for the game. Make sure you check out Inside Texas promo code OTFIT23. Come check us out. The best Longhorn inside information. We've got a lot of great stuff going at Inside Texas you're never going to want to miss. Subscribe to the channel. Like this video. Stay up to date. I know tomorrow on Saturday we're going to have the pregame. Watch with us postgame. This is the place to be. So for Justin Wells, I'm Joe Cook. Thank you to our producer, Matthew Hutchinson. We'll see you next time.